Hey guys, we're back. Hello. Sorry it's been so long. We're taking time for ourselves. Yep. Self love, man. Mm hmm. Anyways, <laughs> today we're going to talk about being fearless and uh, just some of the things that we are currently going through or things that we have gone through in the past or maybe even future things that you can um, hopefully keep in mind when taking action on a fearless act, if and, that made sense. And how we got over them and accomplished our conquering your fears mm -hmm. yeah so <laughs> um where should we start let's There's start with what was the fear when you were younger and how does it seem silly now um yeah honestly i think like for me the first the first thing that popped into my head it, it's really just remembering like bad things from my childhood. Yeah. So I would say, um, I don't know. Honestly, a fear of losing people has always kind of been a thing of mine. Like just because I've lost so many people in my life. Like I've been to over well over 30 funerals between friends, family, um, family, friends, just all sorts of crazy things have happened. Um, so a fear of mine was like, oh, I'm going to lose my parents. And I mean, I kind of did, I guess. Yeah. And without talking to them, it's just like, I mean, they're not in my life. Like I, it's my choice not to have them in my life for particular reasons. And I won't go into that because that's a big spiel, but also, I think the more that I had gone through it and gone through losing people, it almost got easier, like learning how to deal with grief and learning how to let myself feel emotions and knowing it's okay to cry. You shouldn't ever feel guilty for needing to cry by any means. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're doing it every single day, then maybe there's a bigger underlying issue. But if you're grieving and you need to cry let it out don't let those emotions like suffer inside you because when you let that happen it's gonna come out mm -hmm. in uh, bad ways on one of the podcasts i was listening to i actually heard of uh, this guy that was talking about how if you're one of those people that keep in your emotions it's gonna bottle up and it's gonna burst and he's like and a way to uh, get over them is just to kind of like sit in a room and just feel it like there's mm -hmm. this breathing exercise apparently that when you do it you feel everything all at once and then nothing at all yeah and the the girl that was doing the podcast was like I did this breathing exercise and she's like at one point I was bawling and at one point I felt like I was a child again mm-hmm figuring out those fears that she was feeling and I was like that sounds kind of insane it's crazy like part of me too almost wants to be hypnotized to see like what because I just remember bad things in my childhood but I don't remember yeah everything like you you block it out it's, yeah. it's somewhere in there but you just can't see it yep Same. And it's crazy how the brain works like that too it is and it's crazy how one all these years you haven't thought about something and then just you do something and it just yeah. pops up and you're like, ooh, I don't like that. Mm -hmm. 
but yeah I would say and honestly I do feel like this is a a fearless act of letting yourself feel emotions because it's not like honestly I feel like it's not common like people think that they have to hold it in or people think like there's a stigma around males that you have to be strong and men don't cry and like all that stuff and those are the ones that end up hitting their wives yeah (laughs) and are super angry and probably don't have the best relationships even with friends yep so I mean it's ultimately you're not being honest with yourself so how can you be honest with people exactly yeah so that would be like my first thing I I I don't think any place does that here I know some therapists probably do it but I feel like it would have to be a legit yeah because I know like oh for sure just be sitting there like yeah nothing's happening do I pretend (laughs) like something's happening (laughs) right I'm paying a hundred dollars for this yeah yeah or even just like I mean I feel like I'm pretty in tune with myself now I do allow myself to cry if I have to if I'm feeling like super angry sometimes I'll just sit down I'll make myself sit down and journal mm-hmm. and that helps out tremendously um but yeah I don't know I think it would be really cool to just be so in tune with myself that I can almost get in a hypnosis state yeah and practice that that way breathing exercise one of them was but it was three hours long and then you have to have somebody with you Wow! because sometimes you might feel like you're going to pass out or puke. Yeah. (laughs) So three hours. I don't know if it was like for the same thing, but I know, I think that one. Yes. Yes. I'm pretty sure that was the same thing. Like that's crazy. I know. I think she talked about actually two different breathing type exercises or one of them was maybe music. I don't know. Her podcast gives so much information. Well, even music, too. Um, there, There's music therapy out there to mm-hmm. help you feel certain emotions. And so yeah. every single note in a song has a, a certain, um, not a vibration, but it has like a certain emotion along with it. Yeah. So oh, what is that word? I cannot think of, I can't Endorphins? think of Endorphins? I don't know. Maybe... I feel like there's an actual term for that, though. Yeah, yeah. But it definitely can Just alter. Just listening to that, I feel like I should know because, like, yeah. I feel kind of smarter listening to this podcast because I was like, oh, yeah, there's breathing exercise. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't tell you what it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the uh, words, but. Yep. What about you? Is there something, Fear like, in my childhood, or? Yeah. Is there, like, something in your childhood that you had to... In any given moment of your childhood, was there a point where you had to be fearless and do what you thought was best for you? If that made sense. Um, I think as a child, I didn't really know how to take care of myself, mm. per se, because Megan was always there doing it. So I had a lot of fears. And I honestly couldn't tell you how I was feeling then, because I think I, as a child, um, would block off emotions because there's just too much Mm -hmm. because I honestly as a child I just remember feeling hate Mm -hmm. and I was angry all the time like I don't I couldn't I couldn't tell you a fear I had I can just tell you I was angry Mm -hmm. so I don't yeah I don't know it's kind of hard to pinpoint like one specific thing too Uh, yeah I mean I know um mom 
and Megan remember, but uh, I remember this one dream. It was about time, and I would wake up and start like kind of hyperventilating, and I just, man, I had woken up. I think it was like a Sunday night. She was cleaning the bedroom, and I had taken a nap, and I woke up, did all that, and then she was like, what's wrong? And I was like, I had a dream. She's like, what was the dream about? And I was like, watch this. Like, my, <laughs> my arm was just full of watches, and they were all cooking. <laughs> and so... Interesting. Like, I know a couple years ago, and, like, thinking about it now, I was like, maybe I was just afraid of time passing. Mm. And when I think about it more, I think it was time was passing fast. And it was, I think it was um, me fearing Megan leaving, going to college. Oh, okay. So time was flying by, and the faster time went on, I wasn't going to have her. Yeah. So that's how I view it. Yep. But, yeah. (laughs) Honey. What about, let's fast forward to now. Um, What... Give an example of a time you had to be fearless in a relationship. Uh, I think my divorce is a good one. When I finally made that decision to just end it and that was it. And I know a lot of people actually reached out and they were like, they're like, that's super brave of you. Like, I can't imagine doing that. Like, I don't know how to live on my own. I don't, I don't, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have the money. And I was like, well, you just got to do it because you're not going to go anywhere if you're just going to keep fearing it. Yep. And that was my fear. I was like, I don't, I don't know how to live on my own. Yeah. Like I lived with my parents and then I got married. Mm-hmm. So I had, I had him in a sense, but he was deployed, but I also went and lived with my sister, but I had money because yeah. it was his money. So, like, I was always, like, supported, and it was my first time in my life at 20, I think I had just turned 22 a couple months after the divorce. I was just like, yeah, this has time to take care of myself, and it was really hard because not having money to buy toilet paper or tampons, Yeah, like, it was very hard, but, like... Do you remember how you were feeling in those moments? I was, I was really depressed because then I failed um, criminology. I couldn't finish that schooling. So I was also mad at that. It was just so much at one time. So I think my fear after failing that class was, oh, great. Well, now I'm not going to have an education and mm-hmm. a college education. And I'm always going to work some stupid job. Yeah. And there's such a big stigma around that, too, that, like, oh, you have to go to college, you have to get a degree. I mean, now entrepreneurship is becoming more known, Mm -hmm. but also, too, like, you don't have to have a big, high-paying job to be happy. No. And so, even if you're not an entrepreneur, like, some people will work in a fabric store the rest of their life because it makes them happy. Yeah. They would be static to be making nine dollars an hour you know there are just some people out there like that and it kind of gives like I feel like that gives the rest of us hope knowing that it kind of it kind of humbles you in a little bit and puts you in a place where like 
if they're happy, I know that someday I can be happy doing something. Yeah, it just takes patience. And mm-hmm. I learned that too, like throughout the summer and everything. I was just like, like once I started losing weight and everything, I was like, okay, things are changing. Maybe not like the money version yet, mm-hmm. but I was like, my body is changing. So there is hope. So it's just like step by step. I was just like, I'm going to do this. Then I'm going to do this. And then eventually I'm going to start searching to further myself in education. I just need to mm-hmm. be patient and wait for the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. It, that was hard for me because I'm not a patient person. And I know a lot of people, you know, at our age are graduated. And, mm-hmm. and I was like, well. That's true. Before... The business and before working at any time I was a nanny and so for me my college roommate at the time um, she was uh, in the works to graduate within that year and um, I just remember kind of like being super negative and like I like I was so excited I was so excited for her I was really proud of her because we came from nothing yeah like she had a really really shitty childhood and even still today I mean I don't know what she's up to today but just some of the things that she's had to go through is insane like statistically again she should definitely be one of those people who was like addicted to drugs and alcohol and stuff but I mean she's She's risen above her circumstances, and she's been fearless. She has always shown acts of fearlessness and has never let her circumstances define who she is. But, um, yeah, I just remember feeling so shitty about myself. Like, gosh, she's getting a college degree, and I'm a nanny. Mm -hmm. And it's sometimes really hard not to compare yourself in a state like that. But if you just keep believing that, like, there is something in this world exactly meant for you and you stick with that you don't listen to anybody else's opinions unless it's like unless you're being like unrational kind of thing um and you have somebody legitimately reaching out in concerns but i don't know you like comparing yourself is pure evil Mm -hmm. it only what's the word defers you from being on your own path did what deters maybe i don't know (laughs) wait what's the word not destination wow why can't i think of it dude i haven't been able to talk lately i'm Um, gonna start reading the dictionary for real basically like the more you listen to other people's opinions Mm -hmm. the more that it wow wait it's coming to me just keep talking about it keeps you off track that's not the word I'm looking for but it it takes you off your path yes of where you should be essentially so again another fearless act not listening to other people's hateful opinions yes it's it's gonna happen in the world there's no way that it won't ever happen this world is full of it but when you decide to be more um positive about your own life and owning your own life yep it gets easier to deal with the opinions and deal with somebody who may be super negative and you can respect their opinion and say hey thank you for you know letting me know how you feel but you know i'm gonna do this instead and go from there yeah deters discourage someone from doing something by instilling doubt or fear of consequences okay. yep <laughs> that's like, what it was 
I think it deters, but now I'm thinking it's... I don't know why, but I was also thinking of detour. <laughs> detour! That is the word I was looking for. Oh. <laughs> like it detours you off the road? You yeah. Know? Yeah, no, same thing. That makes sense. Yeah. Deters. Yeah. <laughs> I See, I knew it was something, but I didn't want to say it because I didn't want to be called out again. <laughs> see, that's another yeah, thing that's hard. Yeah, announcing it right. Uh, Pronouncing yeah. it right. Pronouncing <laughs> Annunciation yeah. is what I was thinking of, but it's pr- pronounce. Pronounce, yeah. Annunciation, isn't that a word though? Yes. Oh. I just used it wrong. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Because I know the other day someone said pronunciation. I was like, I think it's annun- annunciation. Oh. Oh, now I'm, oh, I'm second guessing oh. myself. Oh, God. Yeah, I don't know. Annunciation. Announce. Oh, yeah. I'm probably just. Everyone's probably just like these girls need to pick up a book. Oh, you know what? If you're not a jerk about it, please give me all the feedback. <laughs> I just I hate when I used to write. I used to like use big words all the time, and now I'm yeah. just like. That is another thing I do get self conscious about because I am not great with grammar so like I just put commas in random places that I feel like they should be in yeah. and so like for me uh, it's I'm not a professional writer like even on my blogs <laughs> I don't really care if there's a comma out of place like you could be irritated by it if you're a grammar Nazi yeah. but it's the message that I'm trying to relay it's not about the commas <laughs> and that's why I brought up the whole podcast to you too because I was just like after writing that newsletter, I just kept reading it, and just the way I put it on there, I was just like, that's not, I want to do more, but I couldn't, like, think of the words, and I was just kind of getting annoyed, and I was like, I hate that I used to be good at writing, but now that it's been years. (laughs) But also, too, over the last year, you've had so much stress in your life, unnecessary stress, You've dealt with a lot, and sometimes it just kind of... And it doesn't and it doesn't help when the people you're around just aren't that educated. Yeah. Like, with wisdom and just... Oh, what's the word I'm thinking of? When you sound sophisticated, when you use big words and... Mm-hmm. But when you surround yourself with people that just are small-minded and just use words like bruh or yeah (laughs) (laughs) what am I thinking of just just dumb words just like why can't you just write out the sentence yeah or someone who repeats lols something dumb (laughs) like when they're just like or like people who respond with two word answers. Mm-hmm. What's the point? Yeah. Or when I'm talking to someone and they just repeat it, but in a question. Yeah. 
it's just, I just, I don't feel smart. Mm -hmm. I want to feel smart talking to somebody. And that's why, like, I always loved going to Montana. Because whenever I'm talking to, like, my brother-in-law, Alan, or Megan, like, instantly feel smarter. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I feel classy and (laughs) smart again. And I'm learning things. But when I'm always, like, here. Yep. I always feel like I'm like gotta stoop back down to this. Like it's it's North not, Dakota. It sounds bad, but like yeah. not many people around here are Mm-mm. smart. Yeah. Or that we've discovered. Or yet. yeah. I mean, maybe we just aren't finding them. But yeah, I don't know, man. And uh, side note. Let's just, like, bring the law of attraction into this about you moving out to Montana. Mm-hmm. Is that, like, you're gonna make it happen? I, the more I talk about it with my sister and my brother, I think so. Because I would say that's, kind, that's a fearless act because that's how far away from here. 11, I think it's only 11 hours. 11 so half. that's not too well, bad, but it's still a completely different environment. And it's just another one. Another move. Like, in the mm-hmm. since I turned 18, I've moved six times, seven. Yeah. I've, I've moved four times in the past. No. One, two. Sorry. We, I got to count out loud. <clears throat> so Ohio. To Kentucky. I don't think Ohio counts. To Kentucky, from Ohio, mm-hmm. to Montana, back to Kentucky, to North Dakota, and then while in North Dakota, that first place, but then it was the house, but then I got divorced, so it was that first apartment. Weren't you in Tennessee, though, at one point? Well, it was a state line, so sometimes I say Kentucky, sometimes oh, I say Tennessee, because okay. I was mostly in... I was living in Kentucky, but it was state line, so then I spent most of my day in in Tennessee. Tennessee. Okay, gotcha. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. Makes sense. We are six. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So, and then, yeah, after the divorce, divorce, it was that apartment, and then I moved to the house with my friends, Mm -hmm. and now I'm at where I am now. So that's eight times. Yeah. And then this would be nine. And you know what makes me think about that too? Because I did that a ton. Like when I made the decision to move out of my mom's house at 17, um, again, like I grew up without my dad. It was just my mom in quotes, taking care of us. Mm -hmm. I'll say that she did what she knew how. And in the moments of taking care of us, she did what she thought was best for her. Mm -hmm. Um, Not really saying that in like, a terrible manner but it's just the state that she was in two terms and then you start seeing from their point of view like oh that's why you did that yeah not giving them like a pat on the wrist and being like oh you know it was fine but yeah yeah and like for me um my dad at the time I never really grew up with him like he would come in and out of our life very periodically like once every two three years we would see him uh, but at that time, he had just gotten off of probation. And the story of my dad is a long story. Um, but, yeah, he had just gotten off probation at the time that things were really going south uh, at my mom's house. And he was saying how um, 
well, now that I'm off probation, whatever, because he wasn't allowed to be around girls under 18, mm. and I was 17. And then at the time, it just, it was crazy how the timing worked out, but little did I know there were so many other obstacles that were going to be coming that year. I was a junior in high school, and I lived with my dad for one month. I decided to just move out of my mom's house because I was depressed. I was scared all the time. Like, we didn't know where she was, who she was going to bring home kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and so it was just a lot of a lot of worry all the time and fighting and like we got physical and it just was not good and even as a kid going through all that though too you still made those choices because you knew that wasn't okay yeah most people stay in that environment because that's what they know yeah and if you can be like self-aware enough to realize like that's not normal yep. and that's not okay no matter if your parents threaten to call the cops on you as a runaway, which my mom did plenty of times. Um, half the time, I would only make it a block. <laughs> and, uh, like, I would end up in foster care because she, even though, like, I hated living with her because of all the crap that kept happening, um, you know, same thing would happen. Cops would get caught. She would report us as a runaway even after the fact that she would... Um, like, we would get physical, mm -hmm. and then it was the kid's fault all the time. And so, like, in my head at the time, it was logical to run away because I didn't feel safe there. Right. And uh, it would either be... And the system was failing you, too. Oh, for sure. Like, we were in therapy for years, and our therapist knew what we were telling them. But that at that age, it's like, we don't really know what our parents are saying to the therapist, aside from what we're saying to the therapist. Oh, I feel like... Um, believe the child first, then question the parent. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, I understand. It, I guess it's kind of hard nowadays, too, because some kids are just terrible now. They go to school, and they're like, oh, well, this kid got an iPad, and I'm not getting one, so I'm going to throw a fit, and then I'm going to pretend like my parents hit me because I'm not right. being spoiled. Yeah. Like, there's crazy instances out there, too, but I feel like when it comes to abuse, you also know the quiet kids or the ones acting out are the yep. misguided ones. And I, growing up, would... <clears throat> I was in the principal's office every single day. Yeah. <laughs> I remember uh, one time, I think it was like second or third grade, um, my parents... Oh, gosh. What are they called? Uh, teacher conferences. Oh, yeah. I would always get really scared when those come up because I knew as soon as my yep. parents got home and my dad got home... I was getting my ass whooped. I See, that's funny that you say that because I was the complete opposite. I was so scared of getting in trouble because the minute we were to get in trouble, we would get our asses beat. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the wooden spoon, the belts, yeah. like, hair pulling. I'm talking everything. And, yeah, so I can, I can kind of relate. See, and I don't understand why because I know, like, at home I wouldn't get the attention Mm -hmm. So I guess I would do it in a very stupid way yep. at school because then I would get attention, but it was never good attention, and I knew I was going to get hurt when I got home. So I don't, mm -hmm. I don't really. It was, it's kind of like fucked up when you think about <laughs> it. Like, why wasn't I smart enough right. to just keep to myself? Yeah. But then, <laughs> those kids that kept to themselves were the weird ones. 
What are you trying to say? No, I'm just saying like those really quiet ones yeah. in the back of the room. Was That's, that you? Yeah, it was, oh. dude. I didn't have any friends. Oh, gosh. See, and I did. I made friends all the time, but I was always getting in trouble with them because I wouldn't stop talking. Yeah, see... Well, that's not true. I had a couple friends, but the friends that I had, um, just a bunch of drama all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, in elementary school, honestly, the abuse started when we were super, super young. Um, We've just been through, like, my family has just been through a lot of crazy shit. You just kind of get used to it once you get just a little bit older. You you think it's normal. You do. And, uh, like, that's sad to say, but I remember... And I was just telling somebody this story the other day, too, because part of my profession now is just being real and authentic with people yep. and telling them, like, if you, you think I'm per- fucked up, yeah. then they're going to be like, okay, well, then let me tell you this. Right. Well, and it's like people, people who work in the fitness industry, they think, like, the outsiders think, oh, this person's life is perfect. Oh, like, yeah. they look good. They must be, they must have nothing wrong with them kind of thing. Um, but... In elementary school, I got diagnosed with a a mild case of anorexia. And the way that I acted out was by being quiet and not eating. And... It's snowing. Oh. And it's like negative 20, but it's fine. It's freezing out. It could be worse. Anyway, anorexia. Yeah. Um, Got diagnosed with that. I had to be monitored at school to make sure that I was eating. Mm -hmm. My mom would send... um, my mom would drive to the school to bring like meal replacement bars and my teachers would like give them to me to eat. See, to speaking make sure of that, that too, like that. your mom would drive to school and bring you stuff for you. Yeah, so it's like at what point do you think that, you know, like why is my child doing this? You would think that they would whatever. And then I remember my mom do you too. you think it was to look good though? To kind the of. Teachers like I'm a good parent. Like, Look at me. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to help her kind of thing. But then when you come home... That's another story. Yeah. But I just remember, too, like, my mom threatening me because I wouldn't eat dinner either. Like, I was tiny. It, I... There was a, a basketball picture that I had had with one of my friends, and I just look terrible. Mm. Like, nothing, like, super severe, but you can definitely tell, like, something's not right there. My skin was super pale. It was just... You were malnourished. (laughs) Yeah, definitely could tell. And uh, um, I remember my mom threatening me to at home, like, okay, well, if you choose not to eat, I'm going to bring you to the hospital, and you're going to get a tube put in you so that way you're eating. Or, like, you're getting the nutrients you need. Mm-hmm. And I just remember I would always, like, freak out and cry and say, like, no, I'll eat, fine, whatever. Like, that kind of thing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like, right before you're about to get your ass beat, you're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, it was kind of one of those things. And, uh, yeah. And then later on in high school, I developed binge eating. So... Gained 45 pounds in less than two months, but at that time, I um, had finally gotten my own apartment, not even in my senior year of high school yet, and just a lot of stress hit, but back to when I was living with my dad, um, I was living with him for about a month, and I found out he relapsed on meth, him and his girlfriend at the time did, and I just knew I couldn't, I couldn't put myself in that 
position when my dad was hurting, I was hurting, I was a junior in high school just trying to figure out how to live, Mm -hmm. and uh, um, then my boyfriend at the time, my high school boyfriend, um, his mom and him, his family took me in, they let me live with them, and I was super, super grateful for them, and they took care of me, and whatever, but it, it, it didn't feel right, mm-hmm. like, it wasn't that, I don't know, it just didn't feel right living with a boyfriend, and living with somebody else's family, that felt like they were kind of well put together at the time, it was almost like, it was kind of a little bit of a jealousy thing, made me uncomfortable um but they were the most genuine people ever like earthly lovers I don't know how to explain it other than that they were just pure hearted people it's really sad when you don't know how to especially at that age too love yeah because I never really knew what love is and sometimes I still struggle with it and um (laughs) yeah and then after another I decided that this doesn't feel right like him and I started fighting and it just made me super uncomfortable so I moved out of there moved in with my friend Elaine um who she bless her soul she's been through so much that I can't even imagine going through what she has Um, But then we started fighting, and she was one of the friends that I just could not lose, and I didn't want to. We've been friends now for, gosh, 13 years, 14 years. Yeah. And uh, so I ended up moving out of there. And then at that point, um, I felt like I didn't have any other choice but to move back in with my mom. So I basically had to beg her. She didn't give me a room to stay because she didn't it was almost like okay you're coming back to my house you're living under my rules you're doing what I say Cinderella yeah kind of it was terrible and then I went behind her back because I was looking into getting emancipated or I think that's how you say it um but at the time I was almost 18 and so the process would have taken longer Mm. than to just wait it out But at that time, I was working with the county, and the apartment complex that I had applied for... Wow. Oh, sirens. I hope everybody's okay. Startled me a little bit. It's like a little pooter. (laughs) But yeah. (laughs) I say that every time a car passes. (laughs) The semi that one time. (laughs) Um, yeah. I can't remember what I said last time. Mm. You're working with the county. Oh, yeah. I was working with the county where I was living at the time. And the apartment complex got me in Section 8 housing. And I was able to move in before I was 18. Nice. And I was just... It was like 10 days before my 18th birthday. So at that point, they were like, okay, we'll just let you move in. And then whatever yeah kind of thing and so and that was throughout the end of my junior year of high school and then going into senior year I did post-secondary college so I was right at the college in town so I didn't have to drive to another town to go to school Mm -hmm. um not that it was that far but at that point I had no money 
Like I was working a job that paid minimum wage, $7.25, and uh, still just trying to figure out how to live. Um, but how did you do in school? Did you get uh, what, what were your grades? Like yes. through all that. They were average. There was one, and this was another weird form of me acting out to like prove to my mom. My sophomore year of high school, I was like, you know what? And I was just talking to myself about this stuff. Like I wasn't telling anybody else about it. But I was like, you know, I'm going to get a 4.0 this semester. And uh, like I just set my mind to it. I got all A's the entire semester. And uh, um, I had a 3.92 at the end of the semester. Um, So I was really close. Yeah. But it was just the fact that like... I tried to act out to get my mom to notice me because I was getting good grades. Yeah. And then when I noticed, like, it wasn't, um, it didn't do anything for her. It was like, well, screw this. I'm not going to try then. So it was average. It's probably like C's. Yep. And then uh, um, when I was doing post-secondary in most of my classes, they were A's and B's, but one of them um, I did not like the professor at all. I ended up getting a D in it, so I had to retake that class. But when I did um, college at Lake Superior after high school, I ended up acing mm-hmm. that class that I had to retake. So It really it, does depend on the teachers and professors. Oh, for sure. Even just the way that they grade things and just it makes a big difference. Yep. Yeah. Um, my 12th grade... Um, English teacher I did literature and was it no it was I took writing I forget what the class was called but it was writing like we would do short stories like I Mm. fucking love that class yep and but every time like I would do one he would give me like a C on like almost everything and I was so pissed because I was just like this is what I'm good at yep and he would just like criticize and be like oh well this doesn't really have that big of a story and then he was like if you write like this your professors in college aren't gonna take it or even try grading it and when I when I would write um every week I think it was like a Monday or Tuesday I had to write um we would read a couple chapters for psychology or no, it was sociology, and it was so hard because every, I couldn't even tell you the topics off the top of my head, and that's really sad. Um, My memory gets really bad when I go through a lot of stuff. It's like I get short-term memory. Yeah, for real, same. Um, But, like, there was a shit ton of different, um, society topics okay like with um race and just like different <sighs> different like neighborhoods in the cities and just mm-hmm. oh that's fine i can't talk about it if i don't know what it's called but we would have to pick a different topic i'm gonna think about it later but we would pick a different topic and then write um a huge paper on it like mm-hmm. every single week and it, that was the hardest thing for me because 
it was it was so hard because it was pick a topic and then what the chapter was about right about that yeah but like after four months of the class and doing it once a week it was like I don't there's like no more topics and I can't pick this topic to talk about what we read about it was so hard that's the hard part about high school English classes is that you don't get the freedom to pick your topics yeah that too that was that was rough because if you don't agree with it yeah it's hard to write about it or if you don't yeah like I know there was a couple in high school where I was like I don't like what I read Mm -hmm. not like I didn't it was boring or something but I just didn't I didn't agree with it and then when I had to write about it it was like I would give my opinion and then basically be told my opinion was wrong yeah but in college (laughs) even though it was so hard to pick a topic and then write about it Mm-hmm. I would still get A's on those papers. Yep. And I bullshitted it. Because I yeah. would still get my point across, but it was almost like I was kind of repeating myself too. But, like, my professor was like, this is really great, really liked writing this, you really made mm-hmm. yourself clear, but, like, but they didn't read it because it was sociology. So okay. he didn't read it and be like, okay, well, the way you wrote this could have been better. Like it, because that's how my high school teacher was. Like, the way you presented it didn't make sense. But, like, when college, when you write about it, you're just writing about the topic. Yep. As long as you're talking about the topic and making your opinion known, it's just. Yeah. You got the point across. It It doesn't have to be grammatically right. It makes you wonder, like, how teachers decide. how to grade somebody especially when it's just their opinion like trying not to let their opinion get in the way of somebody else's and I think that was his problem yeah because he was very like set on every college paper you need to have a cover letter Mm -mm. (laughs) I know and didn't make a single cover letter yeah same why would I make one Mm -hmm. yep yeah and it's crazy because I dang near failed that class from the one professor and then the one at Lake Superior, she was amazing. I think her name was Kate. I cannot remember her last name though. Um, but she was just such a happy, bubbly person and she made classes fun and I aced both her classes. Yeah. And like writing was my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, my grammar wasn't always the best there either. So she would like circle, okay, not supposed to have a comma there. Yeah. But she was so sweet. She was genuine. Yeah, like they wouldn't grade you on your grammar like yeah if if, if it was maybe a like a literature class i could see that yep yeah but if it has but, nothing to do with that right why grade it on that yeah and that's like what my well i don't know i don't remember at that this point but yeah yeah i would i got great grades in sociology and psychology i was surprised well i wasn't surprised <laughs> because i actually put in the work but just like going from high school getting B's and C's and close to D's because I really thought my high school yeah. teachers were very unfair and considering... The high school high school grading scale is way different than college. It is. Same completely. with the teachers. Professors. That, that and like most of the high school teachers went to like a community school and it wasn't they didn't travel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... And I'm pretty sure high school teachers only have to get a bachelor's degree. They don't have to get a master's or a doctoral. Right. So, I mean, 
not that I'm saying they're lacking education, because obviously if they're a teacher, yeah, they know yeah. their stuff. But... Well, and some teachers actually, like, continue mm-hmm. to learn. Some teachers just teach the same yep. thing every year. Maybe switch up a couple topics, but... Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how you would be able to do that. That would get really bold, old, old, old yeah. after a while. Yep. But anyway, back on fears. Oh. Yeah, fearless. So. Yeah, and I just, honestly, my whole life, I feel like, has just been fearless acts. Yeah. Um, sometimes I don't know how I did it. I don't remember how I was feeling or how I got through yep. it. Um, or what made you finally make that choice. Yeah, but I just, I always knew in the back of my head what I felt was right and wrong. And the minute I decided what I felt was best for my well-being, I took action on it. Yep. And I think that that's the, the best thing you can do for yourself is get in tune with yourself. Know in your heart what's right from wrong. Yep. And keep your standards high. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? It starts with an M. Standards and... Ah... Uh, I'm just thinking of uh, morals. Morals, yes. That's what it is. Um, Morals in check. And uh, honestly... Remember who you are, not who you are with somebody else or around other people. Yep. And the more that you are self-aware, you can literally do anything. Yeah. You can make any decision. Yeah. Um... I was going to say something. <laughs> oh. oh, what other? I mean, yeah, even with the business, too, it was always just, like, I spent a lot of time listening to what other people thought, and then I just knew, like, okay, They're enough is enough. Anyway. Yeah. Like, people are going to talk anyways. Yep. People are going to say their opinion anyways. Mm-hmm. People are going to judge you anyways. Like, everything is always in anyways. And the minute you decide to not listen to that, you'll move forward in the next step of your life. And no one... Why would you want to live in it anyway? Exactly. Or maybe. Yep. Like, the, you're just like everybody else. Yeah. You will never know if you don't try. Yeah. Everything's about risk. Mm-hmm. And people that don't take them are just the people that usually are staying in the same place they grew up. And judging people. Yeah. Because they're mad at themselves or they are thinking poorly about themselves for not going out and doing what they truly want to do. I think at least at one point in everybody's life, they should move somewhere else. And if your heart brings you back home, then that's fine. But I, you, you learn so much from different states. Like things that you never thought you would like. Different people. Like, Tons of different people. Different environments. Different friendships that you never thought you would make. Seriously. And oh, that's what I was going to say. Um, usually when I'm about to make a decision, I actually make a list of pros and cons. Mm-hmm. I go through, because I know I still have it in my glove compartment in my car, <laughs> when um, I uh, moved in the apartment after the divorce, I made pros and cons of moving to Montana. And mm. it's still in my glove compartment. Yep. And obviously there are tons more pros yeah. than cons. And the cons were mostly, um, I don't know if I'm going to live there the rest of my life. And I don't want to make another move. And I'm just going to move again. Like I don't want to yeah. move there for a couple years. And I'm just like, okay, well, I'm not meant to be here. And I want to move again. Mm-hmm. Like 
that's that's always gonna be in the back of my head because even though it's going to be perfect, it's beautiful there. My sister's there. Um, I, f I fucking love the community. Everyone's just so kind. And I love the coffee shops and yeah. the little boutiques and like the little ice cream place and the fucking Mount Helena. Yeah. <laughs> Everything. That would be amazing. It was... Every time I'm there, I just... I feel so good, but I don't know if moving there would be the solution yeah like it. i understand when you visit certain places you feel good like i know when i go home i don't i definitely don't feel that way mm -hmm. i mean yeah. i love my family and friends but like when i go to montana it's completely different but i also but just it's kind of like going on vacation to the same spot you really like you want to yeah. move there but you know True. you would enjoy it and that's mm -hmm. kind of what i feel like montana would be like and even though there's like a good career job lined up for me there eventually I still don't like no like I think it's beautiful there mm -hmm. they have nice winters but I don't like winter I can see myself being more southern because mm -hmm. I it's my style more yeah <laughs> like I can I don't know it's just so okay what I've been thinking and what Brianna and I have been talking about too is like over the course of the next five years because my lease is five years here mm -hmm. um, ideally I would like to branch out into almost a franchise I don't want it to seem like oh I'm just placing studios here and there just to place them there or whatever yeah. but like in Finding my head, a good community yeah like you don't want to just Take it to, like, some big city that it wouldn't fit into. Yeah. And, like, in my mind, too, Brianna's been with me through a lot of the discussion of even opening up the studio pretty much since, I don't know, since we've been friends. I'm pretty sure I've yep. brought it up to you talked to you about some of the stuff I was doing. Yeah. Yeah. And, like... And then just one day, you were just like, I'm going to open my studio. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, well, okay. <laughs> yeah. It was crazy, but, like... I would be really sad if you moved to Montana because you're like my right hand man. Yeah. No. And like in my mind too, I see us opening up studios all over the place. Like, even though I know you yep. want to be a cop, well, but in my mind, I'm like, God doesn't want that, <laughs> does he? <laughs> well, and see, doing that too, you know, like being a cop, I have like the insides, you know. True. So I could just be like, hey, I know which good part of town you could put this. Yep, that's very true. Stuff like that. But, you know, just... Yeah, and Montana would, or Helena would be a very good spot for something like this, too. Mm-hmm. Or, like, scouting locations and yep. just figuring out, like, where... Yep, and Megan, she was saying how um, Helena is constantly growing. They're getting bigger and bigger, so... Yeah. Let's go too. All I'm saying is there's a place for you anywhere with lifestyle by choice. Yeah. And one of these times you can just like fly out and we can just scout. Yeah. That yeah, would be just, so fun. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the more I think about it, the the more plans I have and I'm envisioning and like my goal also within this five-year lease I want to impact at least one person in every single state 
of the U.S. Mm-hmm. So that'd be cool. Oh my god! I if you I like made a board and like did little pins and the person's name and like their little journey on the bottom of it, yeah, people all over the U.S. That would be sweet. That would be cool. Or like, what if I did something on social media and it went viral and then? That's how God decided to do that. And eventually, you know, the more you make videos, something's going to be picked up. Yep. And definitely, too, I am going to be very, very picky with who gets to even, like, kind of open up a branch, I guess, because uh, there are so many people out in the fitness industry that just do personal training just for a job and not because they're passionate about it and not because it's going to be their long-term career choice. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't focus on the mental health of fitness and things like that. And so I feel like what's important to me is that one, people actually care about people and two, there's a willingness to always help somebody out in need. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, you do put yourself first, but knowing how to create that mind, body, spirit balance well enough to deliver to other people is huge. Yep. And it just like the, the few sessions that I've had and the few people that I've trained over the last three days of being open, it's just, I feel amazing after every single time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I'm so excited to see, like, once I start getting full group classes in here and, like, how that's going to feel. And it's not because it's just in, like, my studio space. It's because I know that I've impacted each and every single person's life yep. taking one of my classes. Yep. You're not just doing a job that's sitting behind a desk and just talking to people and that's your day. No. Yeah. Like, I just, it just brings me joy knowing that, like, people have always said you're so welcoming you're smiling all the time you seem so happy and whatever and not that I'm portraying a fake life because I am happy Mm -hmm. and like training people makes me happy and building an empire like this makes me happy I'm human I do struggle but it's just it's pure joy Mm -hmm. when I see somebody else smile and are enjoying themselves and forgetting everything that they're going through for a second yeah so yeah Exactly. There's so many ways you can be fearless. There's, I'm trying to think of, um, other life, personal fears, just so, you know, other people can relate, because not everybody opens up the business. Yeah. I mean, it's great. I'm just saying, like. Or even, like, school. People who make the decision not to go to school and care too much about the I mean it goes back to the opinions like what is that that's my foot on the ball (laughs) (laughs) or like people judging somebody for not continuing their education or like saying oh I'm gonna go out and start a podcast and make a living off of that or oh I'm going to just work at this uh fabric store for the rest of my life because I freaking love it why does the fabric store keep popping up for you because I used to work at one (laughs) (laughs) and I am obsessed with crafting so like when I worked there it I loved it so much (laughs) yeah I was just in heaven like I didn't have a whole lot of money back then but yeah at the time um I love crafting so much it just it makes me happy mm-hmm. it's like one of my side hobbies so yeah oh. what else what other examples can we make 
Um, um, even with fitness, too. Somebody who wants to get healthy and Stepping like, out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Being fearless in the gym and when you act confident, no one will question you kind of thing. I think people coming out of a fear feel like they only have one option. Yep. But before you make a step, you can easily um, research, do a lot of research and find something that seems to fit that next step. Because it's not like people, when they think about starting fitness, they only have like Planet Fitness. Yep. Like that is not the only gym. And I know most of the people, you know, don't want to step in a gym that's overly crowded. And they want to start something small. So a place like this would be perfect. Like, research. I Half these people that make their um, New Year's resolution to work out, Mm -hmm. go to one gym, do it for a couple weeks. It's not their fit, so they stop. Yeah. And even if you only have one gym in the town, there's still plenty of other options that you can um, Mm -hmm. search for. Everybody has access to the internet yep. nowadays. There's YouTube videos. Start doing at-home workouts. So many different things. Like that you go can to do. a park. Yep. Like just do it. Go in your garage. Yep. Or just do something to just be active. Buy and one workout tool. Yep. Um, resistance band. You can do tons so of so many things. That. Yep. Yeah. I mean even. Even going to church, too. I mean, I know that's a touchy, like, subject, but I think it's, like, using an example of, like, worship. It's fearless of you to raise your hands and worship, even though the first few times you do it, it's super uncomfortable. <laughs> Makes you feel really weird, because you're like, why, why am I doing this? Am I doing it the same as everybody else? Do I look like I'm forcing it? Yeah. <laughs> I used to sing praise and worship with my mom oh. every Sunday. Well, not every Sunday, but like once a Sunday. Mm-hmm. And oh, that just made me think of a story. But like, every I loved. I loved singing up there. I felt, I felt great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it wasn't just for the show. It was because I also, you know, it wasn't at all for the people. It was just. I liked singing up there, and I felt like I was singing to God. Mm-hmm. But, um, um, what? <laughs> <laughs> what was I thinking of? Um, seriously, where the where was I going? Hands. I was talking about hands. Hands. Oh yeah. Yes. So like when we're up there, like everybody else was older than me, like I was the youngest, mm-hmm. and everybody would be raising their hands. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, mine would only make it this high. <laughs> To my yeah, um, little below the shoulders. Yes, little below. Like it wouldn't be high up, like a yep. high five. It'd be to my side, but it's raised. Yep. <laughs> because like I'm just like it, it can't go up any higher. Because <laughs> when I I felt like I went higher, it was just like <laughs> it just it felt weird to me. Like it yeah. felt colder up there. I don't know. But <laughs> just checking out the wind. Um, but that reminds me, like. I guess we can just go into like a long one, but oh, so I discovered that uh, it went long. Yeah, yeah, perfect. We just have to restart it, so when yeah. it cuts us off. Oh, yeah. okay. But yeah, um, I remember one Sunday, I uh, wore shorts up on stage. 
Mm. And uh, the lead singer was like, uh, did you bring pants? And I was like, well, no. They were long shorts. They weren't booty shorts. Yeah. They were just like three inches above my knee. So they were long ones. And he was like, well, we don't really let shorts up on stage. And I was like, what? What? I remember being so pissed because I was like, what does that have anything doing with praising God? Right. Because the men could wear long shorts. Really? Yeah. So I was like, what the double F? <laughs> kind of crap is that? Yeah. So I didn't get to sing that day. I was so pissed. I was embarrassed. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. I just... It was really cute, too, because I was, like, wearing this butterfly shirt, and I was wearing, like, these off-purpley shorts, and, yeah, I was told I couldn't sing because my shorts, I was wearing shorts. Wow. Yeah. It's, yeah, I can see how that could also, like, deter, deter, what did we say that was earlier? Deter. Deter. Right? Yeah. Was that right? Mm Mm-hmm. Deter. 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 Mm-hmm. Whatever that word is. <laughs> um, from like being comfortable in the church kind of thing. So I do get that part. Yeah. But also think a bit. Think about it. <laughs> think about it. <laughs> think about it when like you're there to praise God. You're there to be in the presence of God like not anybody else. It's not about anybody else when you go to and church. And it's not about what you're wearing. But I understand they put on a professional appearance but it's not like I was wearing super short shorts yep I mean at that stage of my life I did not wear that kind of stuff I was super modest yeah so I'm just like I felt immodest I guess yep so I was like what the heck I thought things were good and yeah my parents let me leave the house and said that they were fine to wear to church so I was confused but um yeah Oh, yes. Fearless. I was going to go on um, and say that I've always thought that I was pretty good at being fearless because I was always constantly, like, putting myself out in front of crowds. Because mm-hmm. it was at church singing, and then it was um, constantly doing musicals and plays in high school. Like, it was from when I was in elementary to high school. And, like, I was constantly, you know, I remember every time I'd go out, I'd get the nervous poops yeah because I remember like I got a a lot of um lead roles so it's not like I was like the backgrounds person but Mm -hmm. I remember when I was about to go on stage there was like you know the small part person was like how do you go up there like how how are you not nervous and I remember I turned around I was like oh I have the nervous poops right there but I keep it in there just so it can like (laughs) keep my mind off the crowd But I told him, I was like, I don't know, I just get into character. I just go out there and I'm not me anymore. Yep. And, oh, gosh, I miss it so much. And I've always thought about doing it again here. But then I've, I've seen a couple musicals here and I'm not impressed. Okay. So, I mean, it'd still be fun. It wouldn't even be a big deal. But also with my schedule, it wouldn't work out. Yeah. Especially, like, working nights because that's when mm. they do rehearsals and everything. Yep. But. You can pretend. Yeah. <laughs> you can have fun there. Yep. You can perform in front of your dogs. <laughs> Start writing plays. Yep. 
Yeah, so many different. Um, yeah, I've always, always constantly been doing very nerve wracking things.、Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I guess I've just always been. Do you think that's because? And a thought just came to my head. It's because we wanted. Like and not to say that this is gonna be like I don't mean to say this in a bad way, but because we wanted attention when we were younger. Yeah. Like, oh heck, I got plenty of it、yeah. up there. Yeah. Like it was we just good attention. Yeah. Like these are just ways for us to like keep overcoming and keep like keeping things on top and yeah getting attention, but in、Being、good as, yes ways positive. Yep. yep. I think so.、Hmm. Little、Maybe. did we know. Struggle was gonna set us up. Yeah, because I yeah, no kidding. I remember、uh, I loved softball. I was good,、mm. but like my team wasn't that great, and I didn't connect with them. So once I got the lead role、uh, for Little Shop of Horrors、uh, for theater,、um, I actually、uh, told my softball coach because I was varsity that year. I was going to be varsity and. I did conditioning. I told、mm-hmm. my coach I was like, "I'll try conditioning," which is funny because once you think about it, I did the conditioning、yeah. part. It wasn't even softball practice. It was weightlifting and it was cardio.、Mm-hmm. So it's not like I was just like, "Oh, I'll do practices and then I'll、right. see if I want to play." It、yeah. was I did the shit part of <laughs> starting the softball、yeah. season, and I remember I was just doing it, but I just was not connecting with. My team, because all the popular people were together, and all of them picked each other. It was just very segregated. Is、yep. that the word,、mm-hmm. or is that the wrong term? Segregated, like apart. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But everybody was in their own, and there was like a couple people on the softball team that I, you know, liked. But I also was just like, I would rather be in theater.、Yeah. So I did the couple weeks of conditioning, and then I told my. Coach, she actually came and visited me while、uh, during chorus, and it was just、oh, a chorus, so it、yeah. wasn't even like theater. But I remember she actually came to talk to me because she heard that I wasn't going to play softball, and、um, she talked to me about it. I was like, "Well, I got the lead for theater," and she was like, "Okay, well, let's try to make it work with like softball practices." And I was、yeah. like, "I just, I don't." Think I want to.、Yeah. I don't remember exactly how I told her, but it was nice to be wanted because she's like, "You're the fastest player on the team.、Um, you have the best arm,"、mm-hmm. and I was like, "Well, you know, that's I feel that makes me feel really good and、yeah. wanted." But I was like, "But doing theater, it was just so much、yeah. fun because theater people are weird and we're all doing fun things. Everyone, everyone talks to each other. No、yep. one's put out of the group." Yeah. So I was like,、oh, I have a really good time, and I loved rehearsals because they were late at night, and I was eating popcorn, and the、yeah. chorus teacher would bring Taco Bell, and it was it was good stuff. Yeah. But、um, yeah, it was just a better environment, and I just was not feeling softball. But I do remember they ended up going to championships, and I was also thought about that too because、mm. I was like, man, I really could have went all the way, and that would have been really cool. Yeah. But then I was just like, I remember. The year I、um, that my last year sophomore year of playing 
we did good, but it was every time we lost, the girls would just whine mm. and bitch about it. Yep. And I remember I was like, it was still fun. Yeah. Like, I still had a good time. Who cares if we lost? And it wasn't even bad loses. It's, yep. We were a good team. But I was like, this, this is not fun for me. And that's why junior year, I was just like, I don't think I want to do it. Because it was, there was more people on the team that year too. So it was just like, Yeah. Know. Negative influences. Yep. And people I really, don't know how to learn how to lose. No. And, which is weird because we were a small school. So who, who cares? Right. But um, I remember once the track coach heard that I wasn't playing softball, he actually came up to me and was walking to, with me to my class and was like, hey, so I heard you're not playing softball. Do you want to join yep. track? Because, you know, I was fast. And yep. I was like, nope. <laughs> it, was, it was a really good feeling. And now yeah. that I think back on it, I'm like, oh, wow. Oh, my God. Yeah. But track was like my thing. And uh, my junior year of high school, I couldn't. Obviously, I couldn't because I was working house hopping all that stuff but right. I remember um my eighth grade year our schools collaborated with the uh, um what's the word I'm looking for with the rival rivalry mm-hmm. school um and at that point um things got way more intense practices got harder and it was good for me because um I had more competition in my um yeah. runs and so I would say like I wasn't I wasn't crazy good but I would always play second or third Mm -hmm. um and we had some pretty big meets because after combining we got put into a higher um class and so with that whatever I just had a lot of things happen at home too so my sophomore year I wasn't gonna join and I had the coaches like well, why aren't you joining? Like, what happened? What kind of stuff? Blah, blah, blah. And they're like, well, we want, like, we need you on the team. And uh, it felt good, like, Mm -hmm. like you. It felt good that somebody wanted. Yes, because, like, home life was just sad. Yep. And depressing. And you didn't get much Mm -hmm. positive um, people wanting you, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah, that was nice. Anyways. Yeah. I suppose. So, yeah, just keep making fearless actions. I wouldn't say, like, it was fearless quitting softball and joining theater, but I think little steps like that do things that make you happy. Yep. More happy. Don't do things just because that's what everybody else is doing. Well, and the quote says, be fearless in the pursuit of what sets your soul on fire. Yeah. Being fearless is doing things that make you happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people, I know a lot of people think of that stuff and like, oh my gosh, look at all these, the stuff that makes them happy. Mm-hmm. You could do that too. Yep. Like I don't, I don't constantly want to keep you know, doing certain things that make me happy, but sometimes you just have to be patient uh-huh. until the next bill. And that's another thing too. When people get on me sometimes about like, why are you doing certain things? It's because I have a process. Yep. And I think my process is just, I like, I understand like in some certain instances, it has to get ugly, mm-hmm. but I don't like I want that to be my absolute last resort. Yep. Because I have gone my whole life 
not being walked all over, but just making things, making sure things turn out not for the best for me, but also for the other person too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, so <laughs> we had to pause for a little bit, so we're kind of coming back to our, you know, little thought process. But uh, what I was just saying to Ariel was, so the, um, the process to getting over fears, steps to take, um, just to start making um, progress towards being fearless is just keep um, out of your comfort zone. So yep. your process to opening up the studio. Oh, you want like, me to talk? Like, <laughs> uh, well, you basically been talking about the whole time. No, like how did you, I mean, I realize like sometimes it just clicks yep. and you, you're doing it, but like, how did you go from, or what was your thought process from being, you know, just your blog and selling your clothes to, I'm going to open up the studio now? Yeah, it's crazy. So the day that it all happened where I was like envisioning it, starting to envision it. So envision your fear first. Yes. Yep. Um, I was actually working right next door at the Shake Shop where I was supposed to work that day and it was a super slow day. We had just had a snowstorm and so they didn't need my help. Well then, because uh, I had parked on the... Dude, I'm not good with directions. East side? Is this east side? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the east side of the building. I'm so Wait. sorry. The, the west. West. Okay, yeah. So the west side of the building I had parked and... Um, I didn't even check it out. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I had parked on the west side of the building, walked in, and I had felt really good that day, I remember. And I had actually dressed up, and I straightened my hair. I never do that. Yeah. And also, I will say, too, I've come to terms with, like, I admire all of the females out there who take the time to get ready, but I am not one of those girls. Oh, heck no. I wish I could, because when I do... Like, I'm I just like, oh my gosh, I'm actually pretty. Yeah. But I'm like, that's not me, and I'm not going to pretend to be and someone I'm not. And it's uncomfortable. Like, wearing the hair down is... Yeah. I hate it yep. so much. I can't. It bothers me. I'm it like, I don't want to touch it's my in neck. the face. So yeah. when I wear it down, I wear it halfway up. Yep. But anyways, um, yeah, I just remember walking down the sidewalk. Hi. How's it going? Good. Good. Yeah, so... Parked on the west side, walked in, um, was feeling really good, and uh, they didn't need my help, and I was like, oh, okay, no problem. Like, I'll go home and get some stuff done then. So I remember walking out, and as I'm coming around the corner, I had known that my building now uh, had been banquet bank camp for a while. <laughs> I am a robot. <laughs> And uh, I remember I was walking by the door, and and it was, I don't know why, I was like, <laughs> my face was right up against the window, um, but I remember looking in, and I was like, huh, that's literally what I thought to myself. I'm like, what if, and then later that day, I had texted Fran, who just popped in and said hi, um, she's my neighbor at the Now or Never Shake Shop. And uh, um, 
because we had talked about me doing training or some group training classes on the weekend Mm -hmm. um, at one of their other clubs in town. And I just randomly texted her and I was like, hey, um, do you know much about the space next door? Um, I kind of have some thoughts. And then she replied back and was like, oh my gosh, Ariel, like I've literally been thinking about you in that space. And then we just got to talking. I took the next steps to see what rent would cost, to see what it would look like to qualify for a loan or instead of a loan, I ended up getting a line of credit just for some cushion and what the equipment would cost. So wrote out a business plan, did all that stuff just to see. Um, And then from there, everything just happened. Like it was just one thing after another. And it was like, it started off with a, hmm, I wonder kind of thing. And then I just took the steps and the actions to make it all come to life and happen. And here we are. Making sure it's the best option or it is a good option. Like you can't just be like, oh yeah, I'm going to do this and hop right into it. Yep. That's also not smart. And that's why people like keep certain fears because they didn't do it the right way. Yeah. I I definitely was like, okay, I got to make sure like I have money in this account. I got to make sure I know how much the equipment's going to cost. Like I literally had to break down every single expense. Like I have to pay my rent fee, my electric, my insurance, um, like all these little things, just making sure that you have it all together before you make the decision. Right. And uh, one of the other bigger things for me was telling Matt, you about it um my boyfriend and uh, I was so scared to tell him because I know that where he comes from he's from a small town in Texas and the businesses around town there's like a gas station in a bar slash restaurant that's about it um and so any business that would really try to come into town didn't really succeed because it was such a small town right and so in his mind that's just what he grew up with unless if they open up more restaurants True. Like a better one. Yeah. I don't know. It was, I mean, it was different. I, I didn't mind it. Like, I like the small town, but yep. um, that's just the his you mentality. Make it, sound, it, it sounds like a Sherwood. Oh. It's like literally one, it was, there was a bank there. Mm. But like, then there was just two gas stations, which is funny because it's the road T's. And it's 18 and 127. And there's two gas stations right across from each other. Mm-hmm. It's funny because one is always cheaper than the other. <laughs> so I'm yep. not really sure how the other one, you know, stayed in business, but it does. Yeah. Yeah. So he, and he's very much so like a, he's a conservative and he's also. Um, traditional. Yep. Very traditional. And one of his fears is being not financial financially stable and so opening up a business is a risk Mm -hmm. Um, granted we're not married yet so in my mind too I wasn't going to let I wasn't fully going to let his opinion really stick with me because we're not engaged we've talked about marriage but it's not like anything is set in stone and there's nothing on my finger yet so in my mind I need to do what's best for myself if he doesn't agree with it then we would go from there yep but I was never going to let anybody else tell me what I should or should not do from here on out because I learned the hard way. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, even though, yes, Matthew is important to me and I love him so much, but also this is my life too. Like I can't live a life not knowing what if. Yep. 
That's just not how I want to live. Yep. And think about all the people on their deathbeds that say the same thing and never did it. And if you think about it too, like if you're constantly, I don't know, staying safe because of a relationship, then you're going to start um, kind of like having, um, oh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Not hate, but resentment, resentment towards mm-hmm. the other because you're just like, okay, well, you're going to keep me in this spot. No, you're keeping yourself Exactly. Yep. And, you know, sometimes in relationships, like, people come and people go, and that's just how it is. You should never let somebody dictate the way that you want to live your life. Yes. Um, And so, yeah, Matthew was the hardest person to tell, and he definitely was on board at first. And then once I showed him my business plan and, like, showed him the numbers and showed him what it would look like, he started to get more comfortable. Right. And because he's also the type of person, like, he needs... Yes. He needs words he needs numbers he needs the facts he needs everything yep. to understand a little bit more and which is good too because that's a very mature way to do it too it's, absolutely you know yep. some some guys would just be like i'm gonna make this really big purchase and not really actually think about it yeah like you're buying it in an emotional state when yes. realistically you have so much debt that that should have been taken care of yes you should always well i'm not you know going into finances but but still the smartest option is and you got to think too, like if you're making irrational purchases or decisions, imagine the fears behind everything too. Like, am I always going to stay in debt? Yep. Because I keep buying things I want yeah. or, and you don't need, like, I can't even like imagine the, the, the fear mm-hmm. that's going on doing all those things because, um, it was a huge decision to make getting out of the marriage. And I was just like, from then on forward, I'm going to make decisions strictly for myself. Mm-hmm. And being in a relationship that I just felt so stuck in and I just, I feel like I can't get out of. That's just also like super emotionally is tearing on me right now too. Cause like, but also I am also making steps to further myself and moving out of here Mm -hmm. so it's just just one one little thing at a time yeah and some people think that like being in certain relationships keep you keeps you from doing certain things and it it really doesn't like you are in control of yourself and for the longest time I did this to myself yeah so and it also takes a lot of courage to also realize that and tell yourself that yep like to overcome certain things, you got to tell yourself, you, you're the reason you're mm-hmm. in it. Absolutely. And it's not to say that we're saying like, oh, you need to do this, but not think about the consequences. Right. Like, think There's about the consequences. consequences. With everything. You can't, as a, I don't know, like as a person, you can't just like make decisions. Oh, what is that called? You make uh, reckless decisions yep. based on irrational decisions irrational yeah Mm -hmm. like you got to think of others too so if you're thinking of like maybe coming out of a fear but that also like might you know yeah don't mess with other people yeah don't make like a drastic um impulsive decision to overcome a fear because at that point when you decide to just do it for show yes you're doing it for all the wrong reasons all the wrong reasons and like say you're in a marriage and you have a family and you're just like, oh my gosh, I've always had this dream to travel to Maui. Mm, and you don't have the money, yep. but you just got a credit card with, you know, um, 
a limit of ten thousand dollars and you just go like you had a family mm-hmm. and that was very irrational that's not being fearless that's being immature and irresponsible yep like there's a difference between becoming fearless and becoming reckless mm-hmm. absolutely actually that was huge <laughs> the whole fear and recklessness oh, yeah because there are some people who are like, I'm fearless, but every single decision they make is <laughs> wrecking up everything. Yeah. It's just dumb decisions that they're making and they're like, yeah. oh, look at me go. <laughs> like, I'm doing all these things that all y'all wouldn't. Exactly. No. It's like, oh my gosh, look at me. I'm super fucking awesome because I bought this great new toy. Look at me go. I hope everyone sees how awesome I am. Well, yeah. you're not. <laughs> people exactly. know you. You're fake. Yep. So it's just, and then when you think of like all the little things in a certain person's life, you're just kind of wondering like, that's, that's just not fearlessness. That's craziness. You can tell, I mean, if you're intuitive, you can tell the difference between somebody being authentic and fearless, genuine and fearless versus being fake and fearless. Your, Your fearlessness, you should like, it should bring you peace. Yes. as well like some sometimes when you're coming out and you're getting over a fear you do not feel at peace because it's going to change you drastically mm-hmm. sometimes yep but it's gonna make you uncomfortable very and sometimes it might you know take you out of certain relationships but if it is what needs to be done mm-hmm. get it done take steps yeah but yes through certain processes you should very much so think of the process not just make it yep right on the tip Mm -hmm. and uh, that reminds me Gary Vanyarchuk originally from Russia he's a huge huge social media freaking god like he just talks about every single platform and like he's a very successful businessman um i really do admire him and he talks about how he if you're doing something for money and you're just focused on money and you're not thinking about the process you're not in love with the process yeah you're not doing it for you no and it just like really goes to show like fall in love with your process like make it fun it doesn't have to be stressful like sure being uncomfortable probably could bring on some stress right but make it fun it doesn't have to be boring it doesn't have to be emotionally taxing like you need to fall in love with what you're doing with your passions and then you'll be able to you know uh pursue to being more fearless yep i guess and making decisions that do stress you out because you're just like oh well this is fun for me now but if you think about it in the long run it's actually just making it worse for you that's not gonna help you Mm-hmm. yeah that was that was like a good yeah really got going good i love it dude uh, i'm really gonna be sad when you I'm sorry. I don't think I'm going to be sad when you move. <laughs> Do you hear me now? Yeah, yeah I know. And like sometimes when I mention it to certain people too, they're like, well, you have me here. A person will never keep me in a spot. Yeah. And if they're supposed to come with me, then they'll come with me. Exactly. Like, yep. yes, of course I'm going to miss my friends. No. But 
there's also you keeping in contact, FaceTiming, all that. But as yep. you grow older and make decisions for yourself, you're gonna lose good people too. Not lose exactly. them, lose them, but yeah, lose being happen. with them. Yeah, that's okay though. Yeah, sometimes it's for the best, and the good people in your life will understand that, and the good people will always stick with you and support you and mm-hmm. help you. They're yep. not gonna be like, oh. You should stay because I'm here. Yeah. That's just who says that? That's terrible. Like, you must be really full of yourself. Yeah. Don't make a reckless decision to stay in a place because somebody else wants you to when you don't want to. That's just also really cringy to think about too. Like That's not being fearless. Do you really do you really think you're that cool? Yeah. Like I can't imagine saying that to someone, being like, you should stay here because I'm here. It's, It's almost like I'm Seducing you with my words. Yes, I, yeah, I would feel yeah. like a seducer, and like I'm, I have very like how do you res- yeah how do you respond to that? Oh well, I don't. Frick no. What I what I have responded is, um, just like I usually respond in a way where, like sometimes I don't care about people's feelings because it's. You know, you know, screw you. Right. Like, I'm doing things for myself, but, like... Yeah. When it does come to people being like, oh, well, you should stay here because I'm here, I usually respond with, well, I am doing what is best for myself, and uh-huh. obviously, if you love me, you'll support it. Yep. Like, that's all, that's all you can do sometimes, is just support yeah. and let go. Hopefully, I didn't, like, subconsciously say that. <laughs> I think I just said I'm going to miss you. In your head right now? Or, like, out loud. Have I ever said that out loud? You just did. I just asked you to say it for the podcast people to hear. And you said, I'm going to miss you when you move. Oh, yeah, but I didn't know if I had said, oh, you should stay here and blah, oh. blah, blah. Oh, heck no. You okay. Haven't. No. Okay. It's just making sure. No, I would have told you like... you did. I would be like, you were one of them. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. We that had... makes me cringe. <laughs> yes. And we, we had talked about it. And yep. then we had talked about maybe opening up there. That yeah. Was, that was Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That would be amazing. Yeah. But, you know, I think the people who are unsure about their life are the ones who usually end up being like, well, I'm here because you, I don't even know how to say this in a good way, but like, I think people who are very lonely want other people to be lonely with them. Yes. That is very true, and you can see right through that. Like, if you're yeah. intuitive, self-aware, and you're an optimist, you can see right through people who are so lonely and, and sad. You know, it really ticks you off, too. Yeah. Because you're just like, you know deep down, you fucking know what you're doing. Yep, exactly. Like, I'm just going to keep you here because I want to be miserable with you. Yes. Yeah. Or, like, when they are miserable, but you make them a little less miserable... But then that's a lot of, like, pressure on you. Like, nobody can dictate the level of happiness that one contains. It's all about yourself and making yourself happy. The actions that you make are exactly the reason why you are where you are in your life. And you can literally choose. You can make the decision. You are the only one that can make the decision to be happy. To make happy decisions, to do things that fulfill your soul and 
you are the one that is making the decisions to do good or bad things. Mm-hmm. And usually doing those things too, you kind of set a domino effect. Like sometimes you might affect yeah. another person to do that too. Yep. Like I, I really try to like do things in a way that someone takes it and then they're like, I'm going to do something small too. Uh-huh. Or like making a huge decision to move again is huge for me and I don't want to do it, but I most certainly do not want to stay here. Yep. Like I want that decision to impact someone's life and be like, well, if she's moving out of a state, maybe I should correct my... Correct the way they're living. Yeah. In just mm-hmm. a small way. Like, I know in yep. certain instances to different people, something hits them differently. Yep. It's just the fact of actually doing it. Mm-hmm. Like, so many people surround themselves with such bad negative energy. Like, I kind of wonder, like, do they know that that's not bettering themselves? Like, don't you want to be better? Yeah. Like, it, it actually, like, pisses me off because, like, when... I understand that, like, I can be super hot-headed and I can lose my cool, but I always want the best for someone, and when I'm trying and trying and trying to make someone better, and they they know it, like, they've told me, like, yep. I want to be better, like, I want to be that person you want me to be, it just, it pisses me off, because it's like, you can, though. Yeah, you can if you really decide that you want to be, but also that does come into, like, why are you changing for somebody else unless it's genuinely what yes. you want instead of what you think somebody else wants? Yep, and I've thought about that too. I'm like, well, you know, you shouldn't be trying to change somebody, but there are, you know, it's good to help them improve. But yep. they're not going to do it unless they want to, and you can't beg and beg and beg, and I will never beg. Like, I think my turning point for begging... um, I don't actually remember ever begging anybody. Like, I have never begged anybody to stay in my life. I have never been like, please yep. stay. Please, like, no, I don't I don't see a point in it. If someone wants to be better for you or not for you, for somebody, I said that totally mm-hmm. wrong, for themselves, I, they'll, they'll do it. Yep. Or beg somebody to just, yeah, I don't think I've ever begged. I don't think I have either. I think it's... I know that when, like, Matthew and I were having troubles with our relationship um, when we first started dating, it was... Like, I would always tell him... Because we kind of went through a rough patch for the first six months of us dating. And uh, it was like, well... It was kind of one of those things where it, it was like... I don't... I want you in my life. I want... To make things work I want to see where these things go and I do like I I want you mm-hmm. but also I'm not gonna keep you in something if it's not something you want as much as it hurts yes like I I don't think I've ever like kept begging and kept begging and kept begging that and would take no for an answer gross well that just like it irritates the shit out of me because if you, if I have to keep repeating myself, if I have to keep telling you no, that's going to piss me off. I feel like off. somebody who begs is somebody that doesn't have self-respect. No. You doesn't do not, have respect for other people either. Yeah, you just don't have respect for yourself. If you're just, you're going to beg someone to say it. That just, that shows you that you're not respecting them, that they want to go. Let them go. Yeah. Like, 
Don't be psychotic about it. I think I think the thing that ticks me off is how how can you claim to like love somebody but you won't let them go. Like I feel like people realize you could keep friendships after relationships mm-hmm. if like not friendships like you're talking every day, you're hanging out all the time. Like friendships as you're checking in, maybe grabbing coffee once in a while. Like when you respect each other enough to be like, okay, this isn't working. Yep. Um, let's let it go. Like split ways for a while. You can rekindle and you can talk. Yep. I mean, I think in some instances, like sometimes it's kind of inappropriate and you shouldn't be, but yeah. you know, also, you know, respect thing. And I think yep. if you are talking to an ex, when you start a relationship with somebody, you should probably let that person know. Or you should have freaking let it go. Like, that why too. are well, you Well, it's different, it? too. Yeah. Like, if you are in a consensual, consensual friendship with your ex and you talk, you know, every once in a while... I feel like that's fine, but if you're going to, like, do that kind of thing, tell the gr- new girlfriend, like, right, hey, you absolutely. know, we talk once in a while, but we don't really see each other, we don't hang out, it's yep. consensual, we don't want each other, yeah. um, but I also feel like once you're honest about something like that, then there's trust, but then also once you get in serious relationships, I don't, you know, the whole talking to an ex, you know, is kind of... Because I know at least one of the exes are going to move on. and Right. But I feel like you can keep friendships when you have respect for the other. Mm-hmm. But if you're not going to listen to each other, that's just you're just going to create a whole big problem. Yeah. Really big. A really big one. A really big, 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 big one. Yep. Oh, sorry guys. This is a really long podcast. but Just being fearless is hard, but it's so enlightening. It's rewarding. A hundred percent. Like, it really goes to show what you're capable of. Like, it's it's limitless. Yes. You can seriously do anything you put your mind to. And when you're just so in tune with yourself, you can move mountains. Faith of a mustard seed. Oh, yeah. Be fearless, but be mindful. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, take care of yourself and do what you think is best for yourself. But also... If you are mindful and you are intuitive, you know what's not such the best choice for others. Because you got to be mindful of who you're around. You can't just make some reckless decision. Yep. Yep, yep. Yeah, good. I think I'm good. Yeah, me too. That's, I feel like I'll just keep repeating chat. myself now. Yeah. How many times do you think the audience thought we were going to end? <laughs> Probably all the times <laughs> it seemed like we were gone but we came back (laughs) Uh, all right guys well if you made it through this entire podcast i hope you learned something from it yep or just took like one thing just one little teeny tiny thing yep if anything be fearless be fearless and never never listen to a podcast and take the bad things from him like well yep. i do that don't be a negative nancy you're not you're not listening obviously. oh yeah me or no no <laughs> <laughs> you're okay. not listening ariel <laughs> Sorry. anyways guys thanks for listening we appreciate you subscribe like share all Comment. the fun stuff let us know yes just, just say 
be something. Please. Is and maybe out there? <laughs> and maybe in the future, we'll get some um, guest co-hosts. Yeah. And talk about things. I don't know. I don't know yet. We'll see what that has in store for us. Yeah, maybe we'll broaden our topics and have someone that is like, I don't know, certified or just knows more on a certain thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Bye. Bye.